Welcome to episode 189 of No Challenges Remaining. This episode, as per annual tradition now, will be called Draw Me Like One of Your French Opens, <laughs> which I came up with a couple years ago and was so proud of. So reusing it as long as we keep doing this show in Paris. It from... makes up for your lack of using lust caution in the last one, so that's fine. Yeah, what was that? It's a movie. It's a famous movie um, that's amazing. Never watch it in public or with your parents or on a plane. Okay. Uh, but it's a famous uh, Graphic Kong, nudity, I'm guessing, then? Graphic nudity, okay. graphic sex um, uh, by Wong Kar Wai um, that is just uh, beautiful. And it's an amazing movie. Um, people should watch it. But again, not in public, not with your parents and not with anyone who you might think might be awkward around it. But it's great. But yeah, was I was it? like... I thought that you would use it last week, which is why I didn't mention it, because it was so obvious to me. <laughs> I remember, too, specifically, like, walking up the stairs behind you, and you were, like, trying to figure out what song. And I was going to make a lust caution joke. And then I was like, oh, he, it's fine. I don't, I don't always know. know. I, don't always, I don't know if we did intros. I'm Ben Rothenberg. She's Courtney Nguyen, judging my choices. Uh, we're very happy to have you always. here. Always. We're going to do this draw show. Um, we're doing it outside. I don't know if you hear birds chirping. We're outside in Paris, because it's even hotter inside. My early rant for this episode will just be <laughs> that Europeans always come over to the U.S. and complain about how much air conditioning there is. Come on. If you're going to have either sometimes too much air conditioning or never the option of air conditioning, I'm always picking the former. I grew up without air conditioning. Um, and so I'm kind of like used to just days where it's hot and you just deal with it and you open up windows and you turn on a fan. Did and this get, get this hot in the East Bay? Oh my gosh, hotter. Okay. Like we get over the hundreds um, in the East Bay. Without um, air conditioning. Without air conditioning. Wow. And we would just, my sister and I, would, like we had hardwood floors, so we'd lie on the ground <laughs> and watch TV. Uh, and that's, you just figured out ways to deal. And... My early rant is no one should be ranting about the weather in Paris, given the absolute disaster zone that it was last year with the, the ab- just the freezing ass cold weather and the rain. So if it stays like this during the tournament, I think everyone will be happy. I am totally agreeing with that. I'll take this 100 times out of 100 over last year's but it's hot. soggy, <laughs> but it is hot. <laughs> but it's hot. <laughs> All right. Um, what else? You know what else is hot? This tennis is heating up, yo. It's heating up. In a French Open way, uh, very briefly, let's see. I don't know if there are any results of no- this week. Not really. It's a lead-up week. Aussies did really well. Um, good to have some positive news coming out of Australian women's tennis. And to be fair, also, just yeah. that the, the, Aussie, the results, at least on the WTA side, and I think on the men's side as well, um, of just uh, with Stozer and Gavrilova, uh, or Gavrilova, sorry, she prefers the Australian pronunciation of her name, uh, Daria Gavrilova and Sam Stozer making the final um, in Strasbourg. They're two names that you're going to be keeping an eye on in this draw, especially Sammy having defending semifinal yep. uh, points. And then also uh, Kiki Burton's winning. Yeah. Nuremberg uh, defending her title there and coming off of a quarterfinal Madrid semifinal in Rome winning Nuremberg and this is a player who is very open about the fact that she's always lacking in confidence she has every reason to be confident yeah. going into the and French it's exactly repeat of how she came in last year yeah. when she came in having qualified and won at Nuremberg and then beat Kerber first round and rode that all the way to the semifinals so and against Serena and played Serena decently tough in that semifinal um, on one leg yeah exactly so that's the women. I, I think so. I think all of the three you just mentioned: Stoser, Gavrilova, and Burton's. Well, maybe Gavrilova's on the longer She's short longer. list. Yeah, but, but she has but, a nice draw. But if, we'll you, if, if, you're, if it's in your Simona Halep top fifteen, which is sort of the designation that's Simona's designated, so there's about fifteen players going to win. Gavrilova's a totally reasonable choice for your fifteen. 
let's go into the draw itself um, and break this down granularly. Very first match, of, if starting from the top down, is real tough for Angelique Kerber. Angelique Kerber, people will joke and say seriously, would have a lot of trouble with a lot of opponents in this draw. This is one she got that's obviously red letter dangerous. It will be a dangerous floater for anybody in this first round. Katarina Makarova, who's ranked 40th, two slam semis to her name in her career. I think this match is a coin flip at best for Kerber. Yeah, no, definitely. And and David Kane uh, raised a great stat, which I hadn't realized, but this is the second time in the last three majors that a Makarova has drawn in the first round world number one, having to play Serena mm. uh, at the U.S. Open. Um, and so tough luck to Makarova as well, because she's a better player than one that is bowing out in the first round of majors. If it was March Madness, the number 128 should play against number one in the right. first round. And exactly. That's not how it and that's tennis. not how it works in tennis. But yeah, I mean, it, it is definitely a possibility that come Monday, obviously this is a Sunday start um, at this tournament, but come Monday, we might not have our top seed in the women's draw. Yeah. That would... I mean, all respect to Kerber, but that would not be a surprise to anyone given the way that she's playing. I'm not entirely sure it would be a surprise to Angie. No, not at all. Um, because of just uh, where her form is, in addition to her lack of confidence on this surface, which she was fairly open about in her pre-tournament press of, of not really loving Clay and knowing that, and everybody knows it. And, you know, and so much of Clay is, is having that mental... Um, uh, just I don't know confidence and just, and just sort of like buy like digging your teeth into yeah it. and if you don't if you yeah. don't buy into it then you're already fighting that uphill battle so she's American so often yeah, yeah so Kerber is the second match on Chatre on Sunday so it's uh it's definitely one to, uh, to she watch. could be out I mean yeah. for sure and I, I and I think that this is a way for her and this is gonna sound worse than it is <laughs> to go out with some dignity or something I mean because Makarova is not an embarrassing person right. to lose to at a Grand Slam for any player in this draw I mean Serena has lost to Makarova at Grand Slams everybody. It would be slam. like Andy yeah. losing to like a Golbis, or Andy lose is it is Paris not current Golbis, but yeah, not current Golbis, but Paris, I mean, Paris, 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 oh, right. you don't know who Paris play? That's fun. We'll get to the men's draw later. Okay, whatever, but um, yeah, Courtney hasn't seen the men's draw yet, which is now like a tradition on the draw preview. Is that we find Courtney finds out in real time and reacts. It's that Courtney is so sick and tired of the women's draw having done it twenty times already. She does nothing about the men's. We I give you nothing. both sides. Yeah, exactly. Of Courtney so, preparing exactly. This. So, um, but uh, but yeah, so with Makarova. You know, or losing to, I don't know, uh, well, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely a tough draw for Angie. Um, and then next round for her would be, uh, I, I, when I say that word, I want to say Tuscaron. But her <laughs> name is Serenko, um, again, or Kozlova. Actually, fun fact about this draw, they're the only two country compatriots mm. playing each other first round. And they're from Ukraine, which is kind of surprising, surprising. At least on the women's side. Especially given how many Americans and French Right, yeah, I think like 16 Americans. Um yeah, so those are there. I think the the name which I'm isn't wa- a second round draw that is good for Kerber either, given no. how well Serenko has generally been playing this year and played her tough in won- Australia, even when Kerber yeah, was not tough doing that there, bad. There, you know, had a you know had a great run to the title, beating Mladenovic uh, in the final. Um, in Kozlova is legit too if she gets through. I mean, Kozlova did well in qualifying. I watched her in qualifying actually, um, and played Venus really tough first round or second round New York last year. I forget which one. Um, but she's legit too. The one who I think will make the second week out of this little top section um, is in the next part is Elena Ostapenko. I really like her. Or, or, or Puig. I mean, I, Puig hasn't done well lately, but Puig, I think, gets up her big stages and will be on a pretty big court, I think, tomorrow against Roberta Vinci, if I remember the order play correctly. Um, anyhow, those are the two sort of bigger hitters I see, and especially if there isn't too much rain first week and the conditions play fast. I think both of them should like their chances quite a bit. So I could I could also see Kerber getting through to third round and losing to Ostapenko or Puig is basically what I'm saying. Sure, no, I mean, Ostapenko definitely obviously dangerous here and has played well uh, on the clay. Uh, Vinci, I think, would be my second pick ahead of Puig to make out of there. I think that she has played well, um, really should have beaten Simona Halep in Madrid. 
uh, had a 5-2 lead, 5-1 mm. lead, something like that, and wasn't able to close that out, but played an incredible match. I mean, it was a great performance from Vinci in that match up until the end. Um, so, and I think that if the conditions are hot, I think that they actually do favor Roberta, um, just in terms of being able to, you know, get her entire game working. And she needs, she likes it fast. She likes it hotter um, than, than, than heavy, even though you would think of a player who likes drop shots and stuff to think to like that. That's not really how the Italian rules. And she doesn't. And she doesn't hasn't done her best on clay. Period. No, you know, she's, you know she's not. Italian. And she's not. She's she prefers hard courts, for sure. But never had a great French Open result. But I think you're right. I think she can get through there, also for sure. Um, at the bo- skipping ahead, just the next part of this. The bo- we'll start with the name at the bottom, because it was a highlight of everyone's day yesterday. I think was seeing Patrick Kvyat. Just be back. the highlight of the tournament. To be quite I think frank. it's the peak right there, and it's yeah. hard to come back from that. Um, and her first match will be great too. No matter what happens, um, playing Julia Balsarup is Petra Kvitova coming back from her um, hand injury she sustained in that attack, that home invasion in December, coming back earlier than anticipated. Uh, they had anticipated at best a six-month recovery, and it's, it's just back after five. So everyone's happy about that. And I think expectations for her are incredibly tempered. In and should of, be. And should be for, for some, a long time. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I saw some comments. I mean, WTA ran a, you know, obviously for a variety of reasons, a number of posts on Kvitova yesterday on the web and also Facebook. And there were a lot of people who were in the comments saying that they think Petra could be number one by the end of the year, that they are talking title. I'm like, no, do not do this to her. Like, that's just, I don't think that's where she's at. And based off of what everything... You know, she said yesterday, I don't think that that's where she thinks she's at, and uh, she's going to need more time, but it's just lovely to have her presence around. It's, it's I, just, yeah. And I think this is something that both of us do, not just with Petra, just I'm thinking more generally, as out of, like, respect to players, we downplay their chances. Yeah. Like, I, I'm thinking of Serena with this, even. Like, yeah. last year, last year after she lost in the final tier to Muguruza, I said, you know, it's possible she might not win a slam again, and that'd be fine. Yep. I was, and she won two of the next three, and I was wrong. But it just winning slams is hard, winning matches is hard, and being sustaining the kind of career that Petra Kvitova has had up to this point is really hard. Yep. And it's unfair to for anyone, and this goes to Azarenka when she comes back too, and Sharapova for already her comeback. It's just hard to do these things and don't take for granted. Tennis is hard. Yeah. Let's respect that the tennis is hard, that yeah. there are other players who are very good. And a lot of things can happen, but I mean, it's just really, really lovely to see her back. And um, yeah, at the end of her press conference, it was quite sweet. Like she came over and she gave me a hug, and immediately she's like, she's like, "Hi, Courtney," and she gave me a hug, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I'm sweaty," and I'm like, "Petra," like it would, like it was so disarming. I had nothing to say. I just was like, "Petra," like it's okay. It, I my eyes are sweating. I, it's just it's really warm in here. My eyes are sweating real bad. Yeah. Uh, so Kvitova <laughs> plays Julia Buster at first, then possibly Maddox Sands or Rudina. And then third round, if she makes it that far, not, again, we're not saying she will, uh, most likely faces Samantha Stoser, who I think has to be one of the draw winners yes. in this draw, um, making a semifinal here last year. Stoser in uh, Strasbourg. Well, I actually don't even know what happened to Strasbourg today. She won. Okay, she beat Gavrilova, won that title. Um, yeah, and she's and this is a really workable section of the draw for her. Uh, she's been great on clay. I think she's the best clay court player of her generation not to have won a French Open. Um, if you if you if you don't put her in the same generation as Halep, I think Halep is a debate to be had if you want. Because um, Halep's obviously had many fewer chances, but Sam's track record in Paris is great, and so she she's on the the short longer shortlist for sure. I think, and she's one. She's who got I've, a great chance, I think, to yeah. d- defend her her semifinal points. Um, yeah, you know, and and the only thing that goes against uh, Stozer, and this applies to Gavrilova as well. 
as they are, and Burton's, I think, actually, because Burton's, I think, is, is also in the top half of the draw, they will have to play on Monday. Yeah. So bottom half plays Monday, Tuesday. Top half will play Sunday, Monday. So they, they lose a day of, of rest. Obviously, they're just coming from Strasbourg and Nuremberg, which aren't far, but they've had, you know, some yeah. pretty tough weeks. So uh, a tough week. So that's the only thing. But, I mean, I don't think anybody ever questions Sam Stozer's fitness. <laughs> no, that's for sure. Kiki Burton's, although, although I will say with eight, she's not as fast as she used to be in terms of fitness. Sure, sure, sure. sure. But, um, but, yeah, she's still obviously incredibly fit. Um, Kiki Burton's is in this next little section, the next uh, eighth of the draw, which is the Kuznetsova eighth. Kiki Burton's is in there. Um, and this actually like pretty anonymous section in terms of the unseated between her and Caroline Wozniacki. Um, Wozniacki, especially in her first couple rounds, uh, very, easy, very, very easy draw against Jamie Forlis, who's the Australian wild card, and then uh, Francoise Abanda. Love that reciprocal wild card. I don't know, guys. Um, <laughs> uh, Forlis is the reciprocal wild card. Abanda is a qualifier who didn't have to play very much anybody. It's her first slam main draw, Francoise Abanda. And then Tessa Andrianja fit Remo who is a French wildcard for the second year in a row, teenager. She got double bageled here in the main draw last year by Wang Chong. Um, so that's lo- a fact. So, so that's, just, that's just statistics. That's just stats. <laughs> uh, low, low expectations for them. Uh, the only spoiler I could see for Burton's, I think Burton's matches up really well against Wozniacki on clay, and that should be a very comfortable sort of matchup for her. Um, the spoiler in there, if there is one, I think is CeCe Bellis. Um, who would be Burton's second-round opponent. First-round Kiki plays Isla Tomjanovic. We actually, has done well at the French Open before. She just hasn't played that much, so I wouldn't be willing to yeah, bank on her. Yeah, beat Rivanska here a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's right. Um, Bellis is the one who could be spoiling, but I, I really like Kiki's chances to make the fourth round. Yep, no, no argument. Yeah, and then in the fourth round, she could play Svetlana Kuznetsova, who's one of the short, short list favorites for most people. Um, I think got a tough draw here, um, playing Mikhail, who's a you know not an easy person to get out of the gates Guess with. Guess the head-to-head between Mikhail and Kuznetsova. I have no idea. Mikhail leads 2-1. Oh, so, so that's tricky then, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, and then she has the, the combustible pair of either Camilla Georgie or Ossian Daldan in the is, second that round. Is, that which, is the bring a helmet special of the that's draw. That's a bring a helmet special, and that's one of those, like, if they're on, they're on. If it's hot, it, you know, uh, who knows? Um, so, yeah, so that could be tough. But the, get past the first two rounds, I think that she's in pretty good shape to make, yeah. you know, fourth round minimum. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, Zhang's not playing great. Vekic, uh don't think that she has the quality at this point to to beat a Kuznetsova, Golubic, same, and Sasnovich as well. So those are the four um, that are jockeying for yeah. a third round appearance. Looking ahead, I would make Kuznetsova Burton take a coin flip. I wouldn't know exactly how to. No, I wouldn't know how, I would have to judge Sveta's form. Yep. If if Burton keeps her up her level, yep. I think I would make her even a slight favorite at this point. Uh, but Kuznetsova, if she looks really sharp, it's first a coin flip yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. And and that would be definitely one of the your, the the circling. You know, a third round that you'd circle yeah. is, is Burton's and fourth, uh, yeah. fourth round, sorry. Yeah. Um, the first round everyone circled is this one in this next quarter, the Muguruza quarter. Defending champ Muguruza plays against another former champion, Francesca Schiavoni, who is in here, having not played in the Italian Open. Um, all sorts of wild, wild card is the, the word that makes you... We had a rule at dinner that if you said the word wild card, you have to drink because it's just too much. Um, anyway, Muguruza plays Schiavone. That's a tough first match. I, I think both of them will be very up for it. It'll be on a big court. Schiavone was here practicing with Arancha, Sanchez Vicario, which was cool. Um, and this, and this, talk about draw losers. Muguruza is the draw loser yes. of draw losers. Layer on Ridiculous. layer on layer of losing in this yeah. draw. For Ridiculous It will be a friggin' feat if she makes it to the quarterfinals. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this draw. Look at this draw. Muguruza gets Skiavoni first, then Kontavite second, who I think is everybody's like outside top fifty, or she's top fifty now. Just near, outside. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
their long shot, the, sort of the, the sort of sexy pick to make it, you know, deep of the hipster pick. If she's done well, she obviously clobbered uh, Kerber in Rome and made quarters there, I think. Um, and she's doing big things. And then, so that would be Mugers' the second round if she can get past Schiavone. And then third round would be Putin Seva, who's a quarterfinalist here last year, or Vikliantseva, even, who's done okay. And then fourth round, my gosh, is, is Mladenovic, who's another shortlist favorite, or Lucic Baroni, who's been playing really well. And that doesn't even mention the fact there's another French Open finalist down in there, Sarah Arani. And Shelby so, Rogers, who had a surprise yeah, run last year. Yeah, quarterfinalist last year. She's good on clay, this Shelby. Se- so this section is lit. Yeah. AF, as the kids say. Lit F. Lit F. <laughs> lit F. Um, yeah, no, without a doubt, Muguruza draw loser. And, um, and Milenovic, too, draw loser, I would say, also for being in there. Yeah, but Mladenovic will have the opportunity to play herself into it. I mean, she obviously will run up against, you know, quality players deep in. But, I mean, I think opening against Jen Brady and then either playing Arani or Doi, I think that in terms of first two rounds on home soil, I think that those are those are okay. Uh, third round, yeah, potentially Mladenovic, Lucic, Baroni. But, you know, Lucic, Baroni still, you know, clay is not her best surface. And But if it's hot and she gets, you know, starts banging that ball the way that we know that she can – She's up there with, you know, the, the classic Kavitovas or Dodans or, or, or Georgies in terms of a player who, like, you know, if she's on, you're going to be a spectator. Yeah. Uh, just ask Aga Rydmanska. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and she beat Halep here yep. pretty handily a couple years ago, too. So she's absolutely in there. This is the most fun section. If you can only watch one section. And we didn't even mention Monica Niglescu, who's always a delight, who plays Contavite uh, first round. Who could slice and dice Contavite, yeah, who's who a knock, power player, who could, who could out absolutely Contivite. knock out yeah. Contavite. And that would be the best case scenario for Muguruza. Yeah, completely. So there's a lot of moving pieces in here. Irani did very well uh, in qualifying, uh, only lost a few games. I think, like, I think I saw a stat, I'm not 100% sure I'm getting it exactly right. I think she like dropped her opening service game in qualifying and then didn't drop serve again. Wow. And for Sarah Irani, who is the worst serve in the top 100, that's a lot. That's impressive. So watch out for Not in the top 100, but okay. Oh, <laughs> when she was. <laughs> She's now taking that set with her out of it. Um, next quarter is a more open quarter, I think, uh, or less loaded, per se, quarter. But it's the top seed in this is number six, Sybil Kova, who's been hurt. Uh, and then Venus Williams is on the opposite end of this, eighth, uh, as the number 10 seed. Uh, and then Gavrilova and Bachinsky, who are two dangerous clay players mentioned in there. This one... I mean, there's, I can make the case for a lot of them, but I think Venus is a probably has to be a draw winner, I would think, right? I think so. With how well she played in Rome? I think so. I think Wang Shang is, is not easy yeah. um, as a first round at a slam, um, generally. Sorry. Especially if you're Tessa Andriandra fit Remo. Uh-huh. And, um, and yeah, so I think that that's not an easy first round. I mean, uh, you know, you would expect a Venus to get past if she got past Wang, either uh, Anisimova or Nara. And then third round could play Yankovic. I mean, those two have had their battles, although I think at the moment, obviously, Venus is the informed player. I think Gavrilov is a really, really dangerous name in this quarter. Um, I would, If I were to pick a player to come out of here, I would say either Venus or Dasha. I think the winner of that third ra- potential third round would be the one to, to go on and make you know, quarters. I would be so into a Venus Dasha third round match just because they have such such different energies yeah. on court. Um, and it would just be a really cool contrast in style. Venus being very lanky, has sort of long levers she hits with, you know, generates power. And Dasha being this is almost like floating on air person with her hoppiness and everything. I think it'd be pretty cool. Uh, fun fact in this section about Kurumi Nara, low key, has one of the best first round slam records yeah. of anybody. I think it's like. 12 and 3 or 13 and 3 at this point, and a very winnable um, first round against Amanda Anisimova, who's the youngest player in this draw. 
15 year old from New Jersey. Um, who speaks Russian at who home. Who speaks Russian at home, but never been to Russia. Yep. Uh, as per Chris Clary's article, and other people have talked to her as well. Um, yeah, so that could be, we just want to impress, you know, friends at your local tennis bar with, you know, fun facts, drop the Kruminar first round stat. It's pretty pretty solid. Yeah. Um, and Tamei Bachinsky is in here too, and, and Tobolkova. Both of them done well at the French Open before. I just don't think either of them had the form. If really. there's a player that's in form down there that could be a buster, it's Gerges. Uh, yeah. Right? Opens against Brangle. Could then knock Brangle's out. actually been good lately, though. Okay, yeah. yeah. But if I uh, think if Yulia gets through that, you know, could be the one that knocks out a Bachinsky um, and then could go on. It, there's just not a whole lot of confidence, I think, in Sibulkova at the moment, despite her prowess on clay. Yeah. Uh, coming off of that wrist injury that she sustained ahead of Fed Cup um, that ruled her out of Stuttgart. So, you know, it, it could be a Gerges. And then, you know, in terms of an interesting opening round match, in my opinion, super low-key, super hipster. I think uh, Ons Jabor and uh, Anna Bogdan, I think, is an interesting one. Lucky loser versus qualifier to then play either Arua Barina or Sibulkova. Possible opportunity there for particularly Ons Jabor, who I just I just think she's a great player, and she's yeah. fun to watch. She's so fun to and watch. And she's a great talker and a great interview. So I, I would love to see Ons, uh, you know, put together a couple of wins here. That'd be you've great. Had her, you've had her insider, right? Yep. Yeah, if you haven't heard that, look her up. Bottom half of the draw features another one of the short, short list people right at the top is Elena Svitolina, uh, the Rome champ. Opens against uh, Shvedova. Um, I think it's a good section for Svitolina. I think Svitolina should be pretty clean through to the quarters. She's the draw winner yeah. um, of the top eight seeds, uh, without a doubt. I think the only player that I would circle as being the one that could potentially knock her out is Mona Barthel in the second round yeah, because Barthel's Barthel playing well. well. Uh, Svitolina did beat her last week in Rome, 3-6, 6-love, six, 6-love, six, but Barthel was completely out of gas. But Barthel won Prague, beating Christina Pliskova in the final. So, um, you know, very, very dangerous. Played a great Australian Open um, earlier this year as well. So, yeah, she could she could do some damage there and really break open the draw. I think that if you knock out a Svitolina, that changes the, the complexion of the bottom half of the draw by a very, very uh, large margin, yeah. given the injury concerns surrounding Simona Halep. Speaking of Mona Bartle's draw, hey, remember when Svetlana Peronkova made the quarters here last year? Yeah, we just had this conversation on the Insider Podcast. I don't remember it. I refuse to remember <laughs> it. Uh, because the day that all of that happened was a brutal, brutal day of, yes, Simona Halep and Agnieszka Radvinska failing to hold what seemed like insurmountable leads uh, to lose to Sam Stozer and Prankova, respectively. Prankova coming out and blasting Agnieszka Radvinska off the court, drop-shotting her left and right rain. in rain. I mean, yeah. it was raining. Uh, there's no way around it. Uh, the girls were made to play through it. Uh, the guys refused to play through it. It was a day, and it wasn't enjoyable. So, no, I don't remember that. Apologies to Bulgaria. Uh, Madison Keys is in here as a 12 seed. I think expectations for her are low still, with her still and a tough working first her way back. And a very tough Ash first round against Ash Barty. made the semifinals yeah. in Strasbourg. And even if she gets through that, Sevastova third round would be very tough, too. Barty narrowly, narrowly yeah. lost to Gavrilova in, uh, in the semifinals of Strasbourg. She very easily could have made that final. Um, tough, tight match. Uh, came within a few points. So, yeah, that, that's a really tough opener for Madison Keys. There's a crying baby in the background. It's, it's, not, it's, not, ours. it's not ours, we promise. Um, the next section features Simona Halep, who I think there are the most question marks around in this past week with Simona uh, rolling her ankle in the first set of that Rome final, uh, a 5-2, very comfortably ahead in that match, and that turned the match, and Svitolina was able to come back and take it and wasn't much of a third set. Um, as Simona admittedly plays pretty, pretty cautiously there. But Halep, I think, also has to be considered... A fairly well. I don't know if draw winner is too strong, but because Shepalova's beaten her to slam before, 
but the only one I see in this section who's really dangerous in this first four rounds who's dangerous for her is uh, Kasakina, possibly third round, the Charleston champ. But Kasakina coming off of an yeah. ankle roll herself, okay. um, having to retire uh, and, and hurting herself in Rome. So, you know, th- this is uh, on paper, if not for the injury, you would say Simona Halep, you know, make your way to the stage and the deter- the winner of that potential quarterfinal between Svitolina and Halep yeah. would determine the finalist coming out of this bottom half, I think would be the... Um, if not the champion. Yeah. If not the champion. And and so that's the biggest question is whether or not Halep can play um, the way that she needs to play on that ankle and not just get through the first round, but again, get through match by match. And, um, you know, she is in the bottom half. She wouldn't have to play necessarily until Tuesday, I would presume. Um, I would be surprised to see her have to play on Monday. Um, that would be pretty rough from the FFT, especially if they're giving... Uh, I think they're giving Bouchard uh, a Tuesday start as well, oh, as yeah. that's what the Canadian press are saying because of Bouchard's injury. So I would suspect that Halep would play on Tuesday. That would give her a little bit more time. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's just such a shame. And you picked up on the exact same thing that I picked up on um, Ben during her pre-tournament press conference, that Simona Halep was down. She was sad. She was so sad. sad. She was sad. And I asked her at some point, just like, boy, like, Simona, you seem sad. Yeah. And she was like, I'm sad. I'm not going to hide it. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. It, for that to happen when she's playing so well, and, I mean, that Rome final, she was completely dominating Svitolina. It's just, uh, it's just a bit of a gutting uh, turn of events for her. But, um, but yeah, I mean, she's that favorite. But if she goes out early, this kind of swings things open, and it's anybody's section to make the fourth round. The one name I think everybody probably wants us to circle right. in here is Marketa Vondrosheva, right. who's a qualifier who rolled through qualifying. It's played really well this whole Czech. spring. 17-year-old Czech. Um, Vondrosheva is how, more or less, how Martina Navratilova is pronouncing it on Tennis Channel during the Fed Cup ties. So I'm going to go with that. Um, Osh like Ocean Milosh, I guess, something like that. Um, and she can definitely make, be, make the third round, I think, playing Amandine Hess and then Kasakina or Wickmeyer. And then who knows? She could be a dangerous opponent for Halep if Halep is uh, still not 100%, or if Halep doesn't go out to well, Shepelova. She needs her legs. Yeah. And, and the problem for Halep is that it's very possible that she could end up playing three straight players who are hitters. I mean, Shepelova can hit the ball. We saw her do it before in terms of just like taking it more flat and forcing Halep to run a little bit. Dwan, if she beats Tatiana Maria, yeah. can stand and hit. It, it's just, you know, if Simona can't move, if she cannot play her defense... Uh, yeah, I, I've never seen Dwan on clay. I can't imagine she's good on it. I can't imagine I she's good on it either. Yeah. But you know, if you can't run and you give no. me the whole court to hit, that's true. And I or even, even Maria can just drop shot her if she can't run. Yeah, yeah. So I think she's fine moving forward. She can't move sideways. Okay. So and Vesnina we didn't mention here, but Vesnina is the 14th seed and struggling mightily. This this Vesnina. Uh, 16th with Suarez tomorrow is very open. I don't think any of them are doing particularly yeah, think, well right no, now. No, I mean, I think Carla's playing quite well, actually. Okay. Playing better and better with each week. Um, shoulder injury kind of uh, stalled her early start on the hard courts, and um, but she's she's slowly making her way back and is playing playing pretty good. So, you know, lost a narrow match to Coco Vandeweghe um, in Madrid. Yeah. Um, but uh, but otherwise, I, th- I, think, I think Carla's playing pretty good ball. Uh, this next... Eighth is the Kanta and Radvanska section. Uh, Kanta, I think it's, again, on longer short lists of people who, I mean, obviously doesn't love the clay, but is a good enough player to sort of negate the surface. And it's I think, I think Kanta's her. a really big, it's a draw winner. Yeah, I think third round could be tricky against either Garcia or Christina Pliskova. 
Um, but overall, Conta has to like her first two rounds. Very comfortable, I think, way into this tournament for yeah, Conta. Chris, Christina Pliskova has more wins than Carolina Pliskova on clay this season. So Chris Plis, definitely a dangerous opponent. Carolina Garcia, great run for her to make the semifinals in Strasbourg. Um, you know, nice to see her kind of get some wins, and it would be great to see her, you know, if she could make that third round and play Conta, you know, on Chatrier or Longlan, however they schedule that, that'd be a really cool opportunity for her to kind of... Um, to put a stamp on uh, on 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 the season for her and maybe kickstart some things so that would be that would be pretty cool to see. Uh Radvanska actually I was reminded just by hasn't played much on clay um but didn't play Rome anyway. But I was reminded by seeing that video circulating again today of her crazy point against Stritsova. Played really well in the first week of this tournament last year. Really well. Uh, demolished Stritsova and Caroline Garcia. It is again why yeah. that singular day was so catastrophic because both Radvanska and Halep were actually playing really well through that first through that first week and we're in like really good winning positions to make the quarterfinal and then to have the rain ugh, I just I can't I don't like it I don't <laughs> like it moving on um, who do you think makes it out of this section I think it's pretty I, I could make a case for open. any of this any of the four seeds I, I'm not gonna bet on Radvanska um, I well actually I know this isn't the time to play French Open is not the time to judge her but I was asked by a couple Polish reporters like just for interviews like what how worried we are about Radvanska in Poland I think there's a fair amount of panic button pushing happening with Radvanska and just her year has not been great. Uh, overall, I said wait till the grass. I can't judge anything before grass for Radvanska's year. I don't know if you feel the same way or how much concern you think there should be about Aga, who's I think like maybe outside top 40 in the race or something this year. I mean, I think that it's always a bit dangerous to be weighing in or judging a person's form when they're injured. And I think that that's where, I mean, obviously there's a lot of panic. And yes, the results have not been there to the extent that she hasn't been 100% this season and she's had to fight through and, you know, between the foot injury and racket changes and all these sorts of things, like trying to get that confidence, she hasn't been able to put together a string of results, you know, outside of the first week or two of the season, making the the uh, the Sydney final, I think. And ever since then, it hasn't really held together well for her. And um, if that is because of injury, if, if she ha then I think that it's very, very, very premature to be hitting the panic button. If it's because of something that is like inherently wrong, like she's slow, you know, like something, yeah, something like that, then yeah, okay, I would understand the discussion a little bit more. As of the moment, I'm a little bit more inclined to kind of give her a bit of a pass if she hasn't been able to play the game the way that she wants to play it because she can't freaking run. The other match in this section that I would sort of circle is a very fun popcorny first round match. And I don't know if that had a big draw, big picture draw implications, but like Corne Babos is pretty great yeah. in terms of like a match yeah. that I would love to sit first round, first row on bull ring and just yeah. soak that in. That's a bull ring fun, fun one. Yeah. And the last section here we have is Carolina Pliskova's section. Pliskova very, very down on her own chances on clay, especially, but had a played really, really well in Rome. Uh, took eventual final, eventual champion, sorry, Svitolina, uh, deep in a second set tiebreak. Had set points. Yeah, had set points. And before that, the more impressive one to me is she really blitzed Baczynski. I think the round before that, maybe two rounds before that, um, in a night match. And I thought Baczynski would kind of have her way with Pliskova on clay, given Baczynski's set of weapons and Pliskova's set of weaknesses. I thought that would line up very badly for her. But she's in here. I think she can make quarters. I think she's, you know, a longer shortlist candidate for this tournament, whether she believes it or not. I think if she gets some momentum and stops thinking about it, I think she's probably a draw winner. The only tough one I see for her in the first three rounds is possible second round against Siniakova. Well, I don't sure. know if Siniakova loves clay or not. I don't know if I've seen her on clay. She did really well against Lauren Davis in Rome, so I'm not worried about Lauren Davis. Shout out to Lauren Davis, by the way, being number 25 seed, very under the radar. Um, and then, but I think if I had to pick someone to get out of this 
section, I'll pick Pavlyuchenkovo. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Pavs is, a, Pavs is a good call. I think that, you know, especially if it remains hot, I think she's got a nice draw, although she could play Safarova in the second round. Um, you know, dark horse to get out of this section, Vandaway. Yeah. You know, opens against Barakova, who hasn't played at all and is protected ranking in. Um, Duque Marina or Begu. Begu could be difficult, you know, but although Begu's not playing as well as she was last year. So that section is, is an interesting one. Carolina Pushkova, this is a great draw for her. You know, I mean, you know, Zhang opening round. Yeah, okay, Alexandra Nova or Saniakova second round. And then the Davis, Whithef, Kromacheva or Parmentier like third. That. That's not bad. Um, but, again, it's up to Carolina, and it's up to what she does. And she said, she was like, look, I'm not going to say that I can even think about the title at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody thought Muguruza was going to win the title last year and before the tournament, and she did. So now, that being said, Muguruza had a resume here <laughs> at the French Open. And I think that Carolina Pushkova said the exact same thing. She's like, I have to do something first, and I have not done anything. So, yeah. I really enjoy Carolina Pliskova talking. Like she, she's like she's like a very honest narrator of herself, and it's very blunt, very self-deprecating. Also, will deprecate other people if need be, <laughs> which I also appreciate. But in a way that doesn't isn't catty no, or no, she, she's, she's just, just like, honest. She's, she's just, just like honest. she just like doesn't have time. It's for... almost like Kuznetsova sometimes, except a more reliable narrator because Kuznetsova sh- like says things about other people too, but it never comes off as mean. Kuznetsova, I feel like, is kind of like up in her spaceship a little bit sometimes, looking down. The jokes, the the lines don't always land. I feel like Carolyn Fuskova <laughs> is more kind of on our level. She's or just more, more grounded, maybe. Um, no, but seriously, yeah. people need to, like, get on the Pliskova train. I mean, not even just about the For, tennis, but, like, in terms of if you're a reporter or a blogger or somebody th- in tennis that is, like, has access to these players and you haven't requested a sit-down with Carolina Pliskova for 10 or 15 minutes, I tell you, she is one of the smartest women yeah. on tour. Um, so I agree. I agree. Freaking talk to her. Co-sign all of that. Hopefully the train for the Pliskova train will be very full at Wimbledon. Uh, where I think expectations for her probably will be justifiably higher. Um, okay, so that was the granular look at things. Big picture, pick semifinalist champ. You I never ne- pick. <laughs> you never pick? You always ask. I never pick. I think you've picked before. No, I don't. Okay. That's fine. I won't pick anybody either then. I'll cop out as well. <laughs> um, but I will say that I think, uh, yeah. My, I think my, the five favorites for the title for me remain the five favorites of the ti- for the title, regardless of the draw that came out. So in terms of like going into the tournament, the five people that you would think have the best chance to win. Which are, just to show your words. Halep. Halep, Svitolina. Svitolina, Kuznetsova, Mladenovic, Muguruza. Yeah. Okay. So I don't think the draw necessarily changes that, except for the fact that Muguruza has an incredibly tough road. And I would put Burton's and Sosa up there as big draw winners, though, I think would put them draw for winners, me. Draw winners, yeah. But for me, that would elevate them into that into that sort of longer shortlist okay. situation. Yeah, I buy that. I buy yeah. that for sure. I would. I would. Just, I think Kiki Burton's could totally win this tournament. And it was one of those ones that would look... We'd look back uh, on paper and be like, there were totally signs this would happen. This makes total sense. Well, here's a question. In a very Panetta sort of way. Well, here's champion. a question. So take that five. Discount yeah. Burton's, discount Stozer. Take okay. my five. Do you take them or the field? Because people keep talking about like, oh, it's such a wide open field. Nobody can call anything. Blah, blah, blah. But are there an actual core gr- group of people who like, you know? So the five of the five, I think the strongest candidate to win the whole title is Svitolina. Um, so Svitolina is the one that makes me lean most towards taking that group. However, I mean, it's the 2017 French Open. I feel obliged to take the field. <laughs> I mean, this is a f- if the field ever had a tournament, this was it. My gosh. Fair enough. Uh, are you ready to see the men's draw? Sure. All right. 
unveil what it. World of mysteries await. <laughs> the men's draw. 128 men going to play best of five matches. 128, you say? Yeah, uh-huh. Okay, interesting. <laughs> um, here we go. Here's the first section. Okay. Uh, Andy Murray is at the top of this draw. The big one people circle right away is the third round match against Juan Martin Del Potro. Okay. Um, don't think that'll happen, but okay. You, why don't you think that'll happen? I don't think that Del Potro's all that healthy, so I don't think that Del Potro gets through there, to it's, be quite honest. It'll be the first time that Del Potro plays the French Open since 2012, mm-hmm. um, which for me indicates that I think he's healthy if he's going to give it a shot. I said his shoulder and back. I mean, that seems <laughs> real bad. And those are body parts. So I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I best of five, not feeling great. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. I think Andy Murray could be in trouble in both of his first three rounds against Kuznetsov and Klejan. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even talk about Andy Murray not getting the third <laughs> round, which would have been really the way, the place most people are starting. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I don't, I'm, it would be great if that match would happen. I, I, I just don't know if that is. If I were to bet a, for it happening Who's, or not. Who do you think is less likely to get there of the two? Double. Dub him. Mm. Yeah. I'll say Murray, but I think they'll both get there. And I think Andy will win it. I actually think Andy's got a very workable draw. That's sort of stair steps. And actually, no, I actually don't know that Andy will beat Del Potro. <laughs> Take everything back. Um, I don't You've know. You've seen this draw? Because I haven't seen this draw, and you're the one that has no, all the but, 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 but Andy Murray is this sort of, is this complete, Andy Murray is, I have more confidence in Andy Murray's ability to win matches on paper that he should than I do Kerber's right now. Which is not very much. I don't know if that's a hot take. I don't know if it's anything. <laughs> but I've just, I shouldn't, I mean, I don't look at Kuznetsov, who's obviously not as good as Makarova on the women's side, and say, oh yeah, Kuznetsov can have that. It would take a bad day for Murray, even current Murray, to lose to Andre Kuznetsov. It would take a bad day for him to lose to Kleson, who I don't think loves Clay. I'm trying to remember if he ever did anything on Clay. Kleson has the weirdest career in terms of results. Didn't He's he very do that unpredictable. that one thing in, at the, in Munich? Didn't he have some maybe, crazy qualifying run maybe she, where he maybe made the she, final? Maybe when Stuttgart used to be clay. I don't know. ATP Stuttgart? Um, I'm not sure. No, maybe, like within the last You might be right, you might be right about Munich. Yeah, I just don't know what Cleason. I know he's done well at Rotterdam and I think maybe another indoor tournament. I don't know. He's Czech, so I presume that he... He's Slovak. He's yeah. Slovak, so I, I presume that he's... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm not kidding. laughs> uh, I saw the flag and I was like, nope. The minute that he came out, I was like, come back to me. Come back to me, words. Um, but Murray, Murray's fourth. Whoever of Del Potro and Murray, I think will be Murray. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know you guys. Makes the fourth round. I think it's a pretty good fourth round uh, against possibly John Isner or Burdich. Uh, Isner made the semis of Rome playing well. Um, uh, never has made fourth round here last year. I think lost to Murray that round last year. So that could be a repeat of that. Burdich, uh, I think, did well this week in some small tournament. Anyway, no one overall... Base grade, no one in this section is impressing me very much right now. I don't think whoever's in this section will win the title. But Murray is too good a player to keep playing this badly for so long. And yes. I could see him catching form at some point. And it could be here. If he, if he gets through four rounds and gets to the quarterfinals, which is very possible on paper, then he could become the same old Andy Murray with his confidence back by the quarters. And then he could become a contender at this tournament again. And so Murray, I have, let's, that's a very optimistic take on Murray, but I'll, that's what I'll stick with. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree. I, in terms of like, he's a player who can turn things around and catch fire quickly. Although, is he a type of player that does that? Isn't he kind of more of a slow burn kind of guy? I think four match. I think he's been no, but ashes I mean, for a while. So. No, for sure. But I mean, I'm, I'm just trying. I'm, I'm asking. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not critiquing. I'm. I'm saying that like I'm trying to remember a time where like Andy was playing so crap, and then all of a sudden like he like played good. I just don't ever think that that's Andy. Like, he, he always needs multiple tournaments and some time to yeah. kind of get there. But I could be wrong. 
I hope I'm wrong. I mean, I hope that he gets through a section. You know, a quarterfinal, I think, given the way that things have been going for him, would be a great feat. Yeah, I agree. And in that quarterfinal, Andy Murray could face um, the sort of hot young thing on the ATP tour now, which is tennis-wise, which is uh, Alexander Zverev, uh, who has a sort of flashy first round against Verdasco, which I think Verdasco never wins these kind of matches, you guys. I don't think it's actually an upset alert pick. Um, the one who I think would be more trouble for Zverev potentially is Pablo Cuevas, who's having a very good I year. I say Jared Donaldson. Oh. <laughs> I was, like, ready to be like, what? And Not even me. <laughs> Jared Donaldson. No, I don't think Jared Donaldson is. I only, I've seen Jared Donaldson play once on clay. I saw him playing as Harrison in Rome, and it was not super impressive. Well, they were playing on a, the terrible Next Gen Arena, which had just the worst clay. And Donaldson um, had a lead in that, and then he completely yeah, fell apart. So, yeah. But he wasn't. I don't yeah. think it was a good match by either of them. Uh, but Cuevas, I think, is a possible uh, torpedo for Sasha Zverev. Um, otherwise, I like Zverev to make it through to the fourth round against either Nisha Corey or Query. And Query's actually having a very solid year. Um, should have beaten, or could have beaten Dominic Team in Rome. Had a, was up a mini break. I think had three match points in the third set tie break. Uh, obviously won Acapulco this year. Like Lauren, he's the ATP Lauren Davis this year, really. Maybe a couple more big results than, than Lauren's had um, in terms of going under the radar from America. Uh, and Escobedo could also, that'd be a fun second round match if those two can play. Um, but overall, I think Sasha has to be a, a light favorite in this. I'm just sort of like... I think he's a heavy favorite to make that out of here. It's a very underwhelming section. I think you're probably right. Um, but I think he does have tricky... I think there are tricky... I think each round for him could be tricky. Like, I think Verdasco is, could take a set off him. I think I think Air Bear is a, tri- is a home guy who plays a very sort of full-court game and everything could take a set off him, I think. Gallic. Qua- Quavit, very Gallic, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, Cuevas similar and Query or Nishikori similar. I mean, like it'd be interesting to have Zverev going against Nishikori, even though Nishikori is, as always, held together with Scotch tape, and who knows if he's going to make it that far. Um, it'd be interesting to have Nishikori there as a higher seed and have Zverev like have to deal with the pressure of people thinking he should beat this higher ranked player at a slam to have his to make a slam quarter, which are all things he's never done. And so that'd be interesting, sort of new pressure on Sasha Zverev, even if he's handling it so far. And we also don't know with his you know youth and his build and everything, how he'll hold up over back-to-back-to-back-to-back five-set matches. There's some. There are certainly still fair question marks there. Yep. I think about all that. I agree with that. I mean, my knock on Kuzverev has always been on the physical side. I, I just, I've been incredibly impressed that he's been able to hold up so far through this season the way that he has, given the match wins and dealing with, especially in Rome, like dealing with all that pressure as well, which can seize on you, but best of five is best of five. And, and even an easy best of five match is still going to tax you in a way that, that, that uh, you know, best of three just isn't. So, um, yeah, interesting test for him. I give, I know I'm kind of undercutting my prior argument in terms of thinking that Zverev is, like, I would pen him through um, this section. Mm-hmm. But I, I give Verdasco a bit of a shot. Okay. I do. I mean, he, any guy who hits, like, whatever, 1,000 winners, what was that? Is that the stat against uh, Rafa to knock him out? Uh, from the Australian Open, I give him a chance. Oh, that's fair. I think, it was, I, think, I think it was a thousand. I think yeah. you're right about that. Maybe a thousand and one. Mm. No, it was nine hundred ninety-nine. Rounding. Um, also, a quick shout out to Tanasi Kokonakis back Yay! playing singles on tour for the first time. The he, cock he, is back. He played doubles in Brisbane this year, and I think he played a challenger in South France somewhere before the week before this. But he's back in singles. Tough opening draw for him against Nisha Corey. Um, but Hook is, Hook is looking good. He's bulked up a lot in good. his in his. Uh, they need to get stronger, those kids. Yeah. 
You, that's the one biggest thing that you see. And again, I always flash it back. Like, look at Andy Murray from what, like 2006 compared to Andy Murray 2008, 2009. The amount of work that Jez, you know, and his team did, and Jez now is with um, with uh, Zverev, um, of just bulking up and um, and making sure that you know uh, that he's strong enough. That's really what Keith thinks through. And if you look at all those young kids, you set aside team maybe and maybe George because I think George is pretty built, but like but he's he's smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at like Zverev, Kyrgios, and Kokonakis, that's like the one thing that they you're like mm, you guys are way too long, lean and lanky to to to, to yeah. deal with this like adult game and this adult grind. On Do you the remember tour. when? Almost like unveiling when when Murray had his like practice. Melbourne, I, in, those, me- those photos are burned in my memory. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Um, they were forty deuce, like yeah, staples. Catnip, yeah, yeah, yeah it was no, great. completely, yeah. It was just, and I, I haven't seen flexing for the camera. Right. Um, I don't know. If, so pale. <laughs> so ghostly. Farmer tan was on point. <laughs> um, this next section, second quarter, is Stan Wawrinka's section. I think. He is probably, I think there's no relevant unseated players in this section. I'm talking the whole eighth of it, more or less. Uh, he could have Fanini in the third round. Fanini is dang- dangerous. That's fun. Tiafo Fanini. Fanini is I'm looking fun. forward to that. And th- this is also fun down here, Dustin Brown versus no, Gael Monfils. I don't Malfis. need that. <laughs> I don't need that. Gael to me. No, because I feel like Gael Monfils and Dustin Brown are two of the players where they need an adult in the room to, like, show them, like, to allow them to play. So, like, they need somebody who's actually going to actually take the point and play the percentages and play tennis in order to show off and give them the space to be creative. Whereas those two, I'm not convinced there's going to be rallies. I will say, with Dustin Brown, he has often been in these sort of circleable matches first round, and they've been terrible matches. They've been terrible matches. So I, I, I agree with you more with that. Um, but I think Monfils will let him play because Monfils is definitely not the adult. Remember, but like Mo- letting, Mo- letting Dustin Brown play is just letting him serve in volley. I mean, it's not like he, do you know what I mean? Like he's not Gael. I mean, he, he it's a different type of thing. And yeah, will there be shots? Sure. There'll be highlight reel points. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll wait for the highlight reel. I know that sounds really harsh, but that's not a match that I would say. If you're watch. taking the under on there being highlight points, in this match, I'm definitely confidently take the opposite of that. I think there will. I'm not saying it'll be a good match, but it will have at least no. one point out of the hundred or something. But that's points. what I'm saying is that I would I would rather spend my time watching the highlight reel than to watch oh, the match. I agree. Is what I'm agree. saying. Let someone else watch. Yeah, it yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to be a that's good match. Fair. I think I think Monfils hasn't played much. He's a big question mark. Mm. Gasquet hasn't played much. He's a big question mark. Also, although I think he should make it to third round pretty easily, uh, maybe Gavishvili could do well. But he struggled in qualifying. Um, but I, I like Ravrinka's oh, draw. That section's a bit of a garbage fire. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's <laughs> okay. Um, I, I like Ravrinka's chances to make this uh, quarterfinal pretty routinely. Yeah. Yeah, I would say yes. I would say yes. Yeah. I think, I think, I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and bank on the fact that Fabio is in, you know, Paternity. Papa land. You know, he's just, yeah. he's living life and enjoying it. I think he needs a little bit more spit and fire. C- congratulations, congratulations to... Fabio and Flavia for the birth of Federico. I didn't realize that the Fanini families, like the Kardashians of Italy, they all have F names. Yep. So that was a requirement. And, they and named, named after named after Federico um, Luzzi. Federico Luzzi, who was um, uh, Flavia Panetta's one of re- her really, really, really good friends, who passed away very young Italian in his late twenties. Italian tennis player. If you remember, a few years ago, after Luzzi passed away, they had like an exhibition for him. At, in Rome, uh, and if you ever see photos of like Novak running around with like an umbrella on a rainy court, like it's a, I think it was a yellow umbrella, but it was like part of that, and okay. it was it was actually really sweet um, and quite emotional. So yeah, very cool. Next section I think is a pretty open section as well. 
the top seed is Marin Cilic, who opens against another welcome back player in Ernest Gulbis. Who I hear is engaged, by the way. Oh, I haven't heard that. I've heard this. I don't know. Don't 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 quote me and he's don't run stories dating, off it. He's been dating his girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, but I, I I have been told that he's engaged now. Congratulations to them. I think her name maybe. is maybe. Maybe congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations on staying. I saw her here, so they're still together at yeah. least. I think her name is Tamara. She seems like a nice Tamara Tamala. She's like a there's some sort of like jewelry designer or clothes. I think jewelry, jewelry maker. Jewelry Let's maker go with that. She seems cool. She seems nice. I don't know. Um, also Latvian, I believe. Uh, and Chilich um, is in the section with David oh, Ferrer. <laughs> David Ferrer. I think that reaction was probably just for Ferrer. No, no, no. It wasn't was about it? Ferrer. I was just looking at um, the Sanga Curio section. Okay, so let's start with that then. Sanga, Sanga and Curios. There's some tough names in here. Curios yeah. uh, opening is Philip Kohlschreiber, who is sort of Germany's answer to Fernando Verdasco in terms of being a tough first round opponent type guy. Uh, Kyrgios, though, again, like um, Fanini, a little bit, obviously had a death in the family recently, Kyrgios, and so I'm not sure he's going to be, admittedly, I'm sure he would admit this himself, at firing fully, completely. I think he lost first round in Lyon this week. Um, so low expectations for Kyrgios there, but if Kyrgios does get to the third round, that third round match against uh, Joe Rufusanga, who's a player I know he looks up to a lot, I think would be pretty, pretty fun. And that would probably be another, a more... Uh, a highlight real-time match that would have a higher probability of delivering. It would be more watchable yes, no, than sure, Brown Walkers. Sure. I mean, yeah. but even, I mean, for Kyrgios, opening against Cole Shriver, then second round against either Kevin Anderson or Malik Jaziri. Jaziri is playing very well, um, and Kevin Anderson starting to play better after after yeah. coming back from surgery. So that's not necessarily easy either because you just don't know which Nick shows up on any given day. Yeah. Um, that match, yeah, it's just not easy. Anderson Jaziri, by the way, Africa's two top players. Oh, nice. Uh, and the, the, North and South. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think Jaziri is currently ahead. I forget which one of them is right now, but it's always a mm. African one and two battle in there somewhere. Um, Kyle Edmund probably won't get past Sanga, but it's also could do more damage in a different section. He's had a pretty good season mm -hmm. so far. Um, overall, this could go a few different ways, but I like Sanga to make it out of this section into the quarters. I, 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 Sanga Chilich would be kind of a coin flip if they both make it to fourth round, I think, but... I don't know. I don't have strong feelings about this one. I don't think this will be a relevant section to the title. No. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Unlike the WTA where you just can't say that, like about any section, yeah, almost yeah. anyone. With the ATP, you can still big red marker. Yeah, I guess I, would, I guess I would pick Sanga. I'm, I'm, is he playing that well lately? I don't think he played well. He does that thing where he shuts everything down ahead of the French and then like makes the French semi. Yeah. You know what he's I mean? Good he, he's, he's good here. He's good here. So I would... More baking up, basing off of historical performance in in Paris, I would say Sanga. Um, I'd love to see it to be Curios. I would love it to be Curios, but yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think it's the right time. I don't for think him. it's the right time. Yeah. Bottom half of the draw. Um, first section is another section that I just don't think will matter for this tournament. Um, Milos Ronic is the high seed in here. The number eleven seed is Dimitrov, who's had a really disappointing clay season and pretty disappointing on U.S. hard courts as well. Just bad since Australia. Similar to, um, who was the other player who was really good in Australia? Not good sense. Um, the woman, I think. Mm. Coco, maybe. Ha had, has been, had a similar sort of drop-off since Australia. And although she's kind of gotten back together more on the clay than Grigor has. But Grigor lost to Del, Del Potro first round in Rome, so he hasn't had terrible losses always. Um, I think in terms of playing who's been the best this year, the person I would pick to make the quarters out of this section is Pablo Carreño Busta who's been very solid, yeah. uh, was for a long time top eight in the race to London. Mm -hmm. um, him and Ramos Vignolans were both in there, I think, going into Rome. Uh, so he's been very solid. I don't know that he has 
um, the experience on a big stage. If he gets to play Dimitrov third round, that'd be a, a test for him to see if he can go on that sort of high visibility match and pull off a best of five win against an established player like Grigor Dimitrov. But he's my pick. And again, this section I just don't think will matter. Uh, Ronic could also make quarters easily here. Um, he's done it before in France. Uh, his draw is cake. There's no one he plays first three yes, rounds. That is who really is... a soft draw. Right. I mean, so this is a very lumpy draw in this ATP draw, and this is where there's a, lot, a bit runnier, you know? It's like bad porridge. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I agree with you on the Carino Busta pick. I'm still going to go out on a limb. I'm going to pick Grigor to make it out. Okay. He's been disappointing. I think that it's been a little bit... Um, and you've been especially down on him yourself. I've been very down on Grigor because I expected so much. And it was one of those things where I didn't heed my own advice and being fair to players. But, like, Grigor didn't even have, like, the excuse of, of, of injury or anything. He just wasn't pulling – he just wasn't holding that level, not that anything close to that level, which was quite frustrating. But um, – yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out a limb here. I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm gonna go Grigor ahead of PCB. Okay, I'll take PCB. But I feel like your pick is a wise and rational one. Thank you. You're welcome. But Ronich also thinks I very rarely compliment you, so I wanted to make sure I got that in there. You guys have no idea how rare it is. We spent so much time together. Never a nice word. Literally never. Uh, never ne- deserves it. <laughs> Thank you. The next section you asked who Benoit Pair was playing first round. Well, <laughs> you mentioned him. He's playing Rafael Nadal first round. <laughs> There's a photo he tweeted out as. Benoit Perry does a big photo of like this large like steak free place. It's a huge pile of fries. He's like, and so I think hard. the caption was something like, "I need extra power before the first round." It's like, yeah, you don't get power from fries, Benoit. But but good job, well, good but effort. Big steak, you know. Yeah, he's a lanky dude. I mean, he seems like a guy who needs to like eat McDonald's just to keep like two pounds on his skin. Like you know. I'm not going to say anything complimentary about Benoit Perry's nutritional regimens. No, you just didn't want to say something complimentary about McDonald's. Which <laughs> <laughs> is like I've insulted your family. <laughs> But like, fair. I mean, the arches around my family's coat of arms. I don't know. What I was wandering around our neighborhood, by the way, the other day, and I found a McDonald's. No, I know. Yeah, yeah it's over by Marcel Sambat. No, no, different one. Oh. If you're curious. No, I don't need a different one. That <laughs> you know, one's fine. You have a monogamous mono- McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, it's or, fine. It's good. Um, this section is pretty good for Rafael Nadal. I mean, Rafael Nadal is a clear favorite to win this tournament on the men's side. Um, he's been. It's, he's the one who gets Nadal versus the field questions about by himself, like traditionally. Um, I don't think Pear will be tough for him. I don't think Robin Hassa or Alex Dimenauer will be fair for him. I don't oh, potential Sock Harrison second round. Yeah, that should be fun. That's fun. They both have tough first rounds. Uh, yeah. Sock plays uh, Yuri Vesely, and Harrison plays Aliyaj Bedene, who's had a really good clay season. Yeah, I'm just um, not feeling Vesely these days. Yeah, so um, that could be something interesting. That would be tensions there. That They've both sort of, I think, think of themselves as American Men, alphas. U.S. alpha. Yeah. And then Batista Agut isn't great on clay, but could be a tricky opponent for Sock. But I expect Sock to make the fourth round and to lose to it all handily. That's what I think will happen. Okay. Okay. You? Okay. Similar? Yeah, Rafa. Mm. All the way through. Easy. My hot knife through butter. Seventh section. Uh, another amusing first round <laughs> match. Uh, uh, another first round match that lost a thousand, launched a thousand think pieces. Dominic Team versus Bernard Tomic. Tomic, uh, not good on clay. Team, good on clay. It could be Tomic. Uh, it could be ugly. Team, <laughs> team tries very hard. Tomic. Bernard Tomic. Not so much. Is Bernard Tomic? Uh, interesting one. Oh, Mathieu pulled Goffin. Yeah, that was a rough That's draw. That's a bummer. Mathieu was the one was the most sort of controversial wild card snub on the men's side of the French Open, which had nowhere near as much scrutiny <laughs> as the women's side. Um, and he was very upset about not getting a wild card, but worked his way through. Other French players, Gasquet, Benetou, who did get a wild card. Um, were very sort of supportive of him on Twitter and saying how great it was he got through, but he got absolutely hosed by this qualifier placement. Um, 
Qualifiers on the men's side, actually, a lot of them landed tough first rounds. The women's side, they all ended very, just where yeah, they dropped out. Yeah, it was a out. very uneventful very, qualifying placement. Right, so f- for the women, because they Pentacles, all, almost yeah. all played unseated players. Uh, but Mathieu gets Goffin, which sucks. Team and Goffin look pretty on track, I would say, to play a fourth round match, which was a quarterfinal here last year for them. Mm. A very good quarterfinal on Long Long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, both of them going for their first slam semi, both of them, I think, going for top 10 at that point. Um, so you may remember that. I think Team was a zebra at that point. Um, yeah, and I think team, I think I expect the match to happen again and for team to win it. Stakovsky qualified? Yeah, it was surprising. Um, hmm. he, yeah, he, um, he beat, uh, Stefan Kozlov second round. Oh, bummer. And then he beat Jan Satral, I think, in the third. Hmm. Look at me reeling off Stakovsky's wins. Sitsipas versus Karlovich could be fun. Yeah, Sitsipas, uh, or Chichipas is apparently the name I pronounce yes, it in Greek. Yes, apparently as, it's Chichipas. As Tumani Carroll pointed out several times, he was very proud to think he knows that he might be right he probably is right i don't know <laughs> he's very proud to think he knows that <laughs> i don't know he probably does I, he's probably right no, I, mean, I don't know <laughs> i don't know i can't verify that he's right but he thinks he's right um uh is 18 a former good junior plays karlovich is sort of a nightmare for a slammer match and on clay the serve will bounce higher depending on the weather what day that is uh, karlovich obviously not a great clay court player um and also uh, good to see Steve Johnson back on yeah. tour after his uh, father, Steve Johnson Sr., passed away a few weeks ago. Uh, I think he came back this week in Geneva or Lyon. got a win. Yeah, he got a win. He got a win. So uh, probably an emotional tournament for him, understandably, thoughts in a couple of few st- weeks. Thoughts out there for Stevie J. For sure. For sure. Good to see. He's a nice guy. Indeed. Which means he probably learned it from his papa. Oh. I think that's how it works. A real sad. It is sad. I feel bad. Um... The last eighth of this draw is Novak Djokovic's section, um, which is pretty... Tipsarovic is still playing? (laughs) Sorry. I was like, what year is this? Yanko Tipsarovic is still playing tennis. He's been playing a lot of challengers, having good success. He's been playing, like, kind of off-peak challengers in, like, Asia and stuff. He got some good points, because he's, like, top 60 or something, or 70. He's, like, pretty high, no? (laughs) He's still playing? Like, oh, yeah, he's top 60. No, I knew. I was making a joke. Calm down. Um... No, but I know that he had, like, via the challenger system, yeah. had gotten his ranking up to, like, a really respectable place for somebody who we haven't seen in ATP who's draws. Been very MIA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. so, yeah, so he is here. I would like him chances Sometimes to... Sometimes I make jokes. To be... to Actually, him playing Joao Souza is pretty, uh, pretty coin flip. Not that anyone really cares about that match too much. But Djokovic, I think, is pretty safe through to the, four, to the quarters, really. The one who I would circle as a possible spoiler would be either... Either Lucas Pui, who's not has not had a good year, um, or Albert Ramos Vignolas, who made the Monte Carlo f- final, which was the most stunning Masters final anybody's made in a while, <laughs> seriously, yeah. and made the quarters here last year. Who's so, Bonzi? Uh, he is a. I think his name is Benjamin Bonzi. That's a rad he's, name. It's a cool name, right? I kind of want him to win the tournament now. Yeah, he's a French wild card. The French wild cards. Ben as Bonzi. A, I'll say the French wild cards as a people are not good at tennis compared to your average country's wild cards. I mean, seriously, the women especially. Uh, compared to Australia's wild cards. Yeah. Well, they're both bad. Okay, that's a fair. Concept. Compared to Wimbledon. Wimbledon stopped giving them to Brits though. Like they don't give very many to Brits anymore. Okay, fine. Compared to the U.S., they suck. Compared to the U.S., they suck. That's all I'm really saying. It's America. <laughs> That's my whole point. Uh, we're done with this show. Let's check out Benjamin Bonsi, see what he has to say. French tennis player. Um, a random take take a number. Yeah, he's 20 years old from Andouze to France. Um, he won the French uh, Open Junior Boys title with Quentin Alice. One of my favorite names. Um, yeah, it's a fun name. He is currently ranked... Two hundred sixty. It's Ooh. a very funny profile pic. He has 
Oh, eyebrows. and he is apparently a contender for the next Gen ATV Finals. I know they have that label. I mean, he's not, but he's eligible is what that word means. Contender and eligible are different things, ATP. I'm just putting that out there. Ben Bonzi just found my new favorite tennis player. There you go. Uh, so look forward to him playing against... Bonzi for our Raleigh G. <laughs> Wait for the hashtag. It's coming. Uh, who does he play again? He plays Medvedev, who he's going to lose to. But, you know, Whatever. good win. Whatever. So he'll get to play tennis. It'll be nice <laughs> for him. Uh, so that was the men's draw. Um, overall, uh, the other thing we didn't mention, big picture things worth mentioning in this draw, the Djokovic and Nadal are in the same half. Um, they're both bottom half. That would have been information useful at the start. Um, well, we went granular first, and then... It never makes sense to me, but continue. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Overall thoughts, impressions, feelings? If you play around with it, look at it all you want. So who's the pick? So what do we think in Stan makes it out of the top yeah, half? Yeah, I, I mean, I always think when in doubt, Stan yeah, for enough. these things. But the top half is unimpressive. I mean, like the men's yeah, straw, it's just it's kind of just like, eh, you know? Because I don't think it's not a year for me. Nadal obviously won a lot, and he's playing better. But for most of this year, I don't think Nadal played all that well. I don't think this peak Nadal we're getting as See, a hegemonic I totally disagree with that. I think that, here. like, if not for Roger Federer, it's Rafa that's the story through the hardcourt season. <laughs> I just don't. I don't know. I just don't think the overall level in ATP is that high right now. But who who cares about an overall level when you are just better? Like, isn't it relative? Who cares about an overall level? No, it is relative. You're right with that. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. if 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 not if not for Roger and nobody saw what Roger was going to do in the hard court season coming, then it would have been Rafa who was the big story in the hard courts. He mm -hmm. would have dominated it, and because it was very clear that Andy and Novak were just not there alongside him, and Stan was doing what Stan does. Yeah. So, okay, is he peak Rafa? Probably not, but he's still, like, I think head and shoulders above everybody else right now who is playing this tournament. So I would say still, you know, La Decima or whatever, however you pronounce it, is absolutely in the cards. I agree. Um, I don't know how it's going to I have to admit something. Again, I had not seen the men's draw until now. But I'd seen all the tweets and stuff yesterday and, you know, and followed some of the questions and read some of the press conferences and stuff. I'm a bit underwhelmed now seeing it compared to what I was hearing. It, it what sounded, were you hearing? I was hearing a lot of like, oh, it's like so it's a crazy draw. And 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 it's it's not wide open because everybody's picking Rafa pretty much. I think the craziness well, was Murray Del Potro. Oh, really? Okay. I think so. Fair enough. Okay. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I thought that there were there was going to be more blockbustery nests when we were scrolling scroll, uh, section by section. Yeah, and it wasn't. Maybe not. No, that's fair. I guess, but I guess like the crazy, just like Cole Schreiber, Curios, you know, Brown Malfies, whatever people get excited about. Okay. But yeah, big picture. Big picture. I think there's a few important <laughs> matches in the men's draw. I think the first big important match is the is the quarterfinal between Team and Djokovic that's on track to happen, mm -hmm. and the winner of that could play Nadal. And but Djokovic killed Team. In Rome, so I'm not sure what's really fair to expect from that match. Um, and then, yeah, Nadal. And team admitted that it's a big matchup problem for him. Yeah, it wasn't even like team went in was like, oh, it was just a bad day for me. And so then the question is, can Nadal get a win over Djokovic at a Slam for the first time in a long time? Uh, first time against I guess the final here in 2014. Um, I don't know if they actually played in the Slam since then, but uh, he struggled against Djokovic up until that Madrid win he got. That was and big. That was big, and Djokovic, that was not close. No. That match. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and then Stan. It's, it's again, like, wider open. I, I find it less 
intriguing than the women's side because I feel like the women's side has a lot of people who are playing well. I don't know. I just I'm, I'm waiting to be wowed. It's by different the men. because it, it's it's different because of the spread and it all. This is always what it's it's come down to when you <clears throat> compare the two draws at any slam or any tournament where Serena's not there, like a Masters or a Premier or whatever, mm -hmm. is that the spread makes a difference. So in other words, when we're going through the women's draw section by section, the spread is so um, narrow in terms of the relative difference in levels and forms and capabilities of woman ranked number 60 versus woman ranked number 10, right? Yeah. So we know that like 60 can beat 10. We know that, we've seen it, it happens. Whereas like with the men, the spread is so wide, it's where you're flipping through and you're like, yeah, there's really no one stopping this guy. Like, you know what I mean? And, and also, and, there and, were just sections that I just don't think matter, which is what we, we had, yeah, too. Yeah, fair enough. But even for me, like, I, I I, very rarely see draws like that. Like, in terms of, like, this section doesn't matter for the... I'm, like, I'm very, like, you know, round by round. And even for me, like, yeah, there were a lot of sections where I was like, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a heavy favorite to come out of here. Yeah. And you don't see anybody really coming through unless that person, you know, just uh, something extraordinary from either the lower ranked player or the higher ranked player yeah. would have to happen to flip that result percentage wise. So to jump right up to a pick, which I don't even think we were asking for, I think this is a very good tournament for Stan Wawrinka. And if he plays anywhere near decent tennis, which he did winning uh, Geneva this week, this is a good sign for him, beating Misha Zverev in the final. Uh, Misha qualifying for that tournament and making the final. It's impressive following in little brother's big footsteps because the brother's huge. Um, I like his chances. In the, I don't see who beats him really first week if he's playing well. Or for, for sorry, top first six rounds, if he's playing well, I don't see anybody in that top half being Stan. Not nah, that could be tough. Sangha, no, like a good not. Sangha, a good Sangha in the like quarterfinal semifinals. Mm. I think Sangha. Can, I think Sangha can play himself in this, into form and then have the crowd. I would love for Sangha to make a final. I would love for Sangha. Like a, a final. French guy That's in the ridiculous final. Ridiculous that it's been nine years. Nine years since what? He made a final. Oh, right, in Australia, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking, there hasn't been a French man in the final here, I think, since uh, yeah. uh, Lacan maybe did it, I think. Noah? In the 80s? No, it was in 83. I think Lacan did it later in the 80s. Oh. I, I, I think. Let's I go with that. No, okay. no, Noah definitely was the last one to win it in 83, for sure. That's, that's true. And the French men's drought doesn't get talked about nearly as much as the Americans, even though it's way longer. I, 20 years, just saying. Hashtag just saying, America. And with that, um, other thoughts on Paris? Ray, I don't know if we want to do Rant Ray, we did one earlier this week, but other, other feelings, emotions, as we wrap up these straws, put them behind us? Not really. It is warm. <laughs> I'm not complaining. I'm just pointing it out. It's definitely warm, and that's a good thing. I think it's a really good thing for the tournament. So much of like the discussion in Madrid, even in Stuttgart for the girls, but Madrid and Rome was everybody when they were asked questions about the French Open, were very, very keen to discuss the weather. Like the players were bringing it up. It depends on what the weather is going to be like. As everybody has heard, no one at no major does the, 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 do the conditions change as much depending on what, you know, the forecast is. Um, so that could you know, flip a lot of things and, and be the, the little margin that, that, that changes things. But I'm ready to get going, man. I want to see what happens, honestly, on the, girl, on the women's side in particular, because it is, it is very, very intriguing to me uh, for a variety of reasons, both paid and unpaid. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I'm curious to see how the, how the women do. No. Um, and for the guys, it would, be, it would be very cool. I would like to see from the men. Here's my wish list. Okay. I would like to see Andy Murray make the quarterfinals to at least trigger something, a jump start before the grass season. 
I would like to see a young gun make, again, quarterfinals or, or semis. So Zverev or Kyrgios or something. A team kind of set for you? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Sure. Why not? I would like to see Novak like make that match against Nadal. Nadal. And I would like to see Rafa complete the 10. Just do it already, Rafa. I, ju- I just would like, yeah. I think it would be cool. I think that, I feel like with Rafa, I want to, I want him to be rewarded for what he's done this year. That's fair. You know what I mean? And I think that, yes, okay, he did all the 10s and whatever in, in, be, in Monte Carlo and Barcelona, and he's doing what he's doing, but like, I want to see it'd that. It'd be a big anticlimax if he didn't get it here, because after all, after how almost perfect his clay buildup was, winning in Monte Carlo, winning in Barcelona, winning in Madrid, decent running to quarters of Rome, but after he didn't really need that tournament. Um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be very, it'd be satisfying in that way to see him to finish it yeah just because it would be you know so much of like the first quarter was obviously so clearly dominated by the Federer storyline and everybody loves talking about and writing about Federer I I don't know for some reason I just feel like what Rafa has done already coming into this tournament has been maybe overshadowed a little bit but I would like to see Novak make that semi because again not unlike Andy I would like to see Novak get back on track to trigger something to feel like the Agassi thing works like whatever just like snap you know you just want to Share snap him, snap out, like slap him and snap out of it and get back to business, man. Like, you know, you're too good for this. And and I believe that. I, but... can, I can see Andre Agassi sitting down with Novak and being like, I'm now going to share you. <laughs> <laughs> sure Have Novak, you ever seen Moonstruck? <laughs> I'm sure Novak would get that reference. Yeah, exactly. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this episode of No Challenge. And the other thing I, oh, I was going to say before I finish that, if all your wishes come true, that sets up all the big four being very much in play for Wimbledon, mm-hmm. which I think would be very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Then that's, that's what I want. Yeah. I, I, I would... Not for nostalgia, but like I said, like I don't mind like if a new name breaks through. I just don't just think that's gonna happen. Yeah. But I feel like when there is a singular front runner, and I say this as a as a WTA person, when there is a singular front runner, regardless of how you feel about that front runner, regardless of how much you love Roger Federer, regardless of how much you love Serena or whatever, I don't think that it's necessarily a good thing. And, okay. and I, I think that there needs to be that shelf of like five to seven to eight that are constantly in the mix consistently if not more. And so that's what I would personally prefer. I know that that is not everyone's opinion. My specific draw wish, um, which fits a few of your criteria, is for Zverev to make the quarters and play either Murray or Del Potro in that quarter. And that'd be a very cool quarter yeah, to get. Yeah, that'd be fine. And I'd then be the winner plays Stan. That'd be all that'd be that'd great. Be great. Yeah. That'd be great. That would be a great, you know, yeah, it'd be great. I'd, you know, I just want good tournaments. So I, don't ho- want, I don't want disaster. So hopefully our wish is your command, French Open, wherever you are, French Open gods. Uh, and mostly talking the weather, stay nice. Don't be dicks like last year. They were dicks last year. And let's have a let's have a good, clean, safe French Open. That's all I'm asking for. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of No Challenges Remaining. If you want to follow along when you're not listening, do so by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NCR Podcast. We're on Twitter at NCR underscore tennis. Uh, send us emails, no challenges remaining at gmail.com. And subscribe to us on iTunes, whatever other service you want. Uh, final thoughts? We'll try and do a couple of Facebook lives. Oh yeah, um, while we're here, because Ben and I are staying in the same place, so um, it's easier. Um, but uh, so if you have suggestions or questions that you want us to debate, it's always more fun when Ben and I disagree vehemently. Which we will. Um, which we will. Uh, we'll try our best. And, and it'll be uh, authentic. No manufacturing debate. We no. don't. We don't. We're not one of those shows. That, like, I don't think we've. Ever, I've never found myself. We don't doing really this. embrace like, debate. We are driven to debate, and those are two different things. We collide debate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just. It's just how. It, it's just how it happens. With that, I uh, will see you guys later. Au revoir. Au revoir. Aardvark. <laughs> <laughs> That's
good. <laughs> just, just say that to people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mark. <laughs>